0: I'm going to give the message that I gave the youth today. And I just love this message because it's about Easter and what it means to us. And I apologize in advance. Really, I don't apologize because I'm going to be using the Bible and teaching the Word of God. And that's what I do. But I, I was just saying, maybe it might be a little elementary. But um I've had kids over the years um, in my juvenile. I've been doing this for years during the Easter season. For many years, I give this message. And I've had kids who are now adults and have their own families who were in prison when they got saved. And they say, I always remember the Easter message that you gave. And that's something that I never forget. And so it must uh, have some value to it. And so I'm going to talk tonight like if I was teaching the youth in the detention center or if I was doing devotions with my family. Um, uh, we're going to talk about the Easter story. And I know you guys are very familiar with it, uh, but I love hearing it and being reminded of what Christ did for us. Without Easter, without his resurrection, we wouldn't be meeting tonight. There would be no need for God's Word Baptist Church. There would be no need for missions. Um, but because of Christ's resurrection, it, I mean, wow, you know, um, there's a, there's a reason, uh, to meet and we have hope of heaven and, uh, because of his resurrection. And, um, let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, you help us this evening to uh, be reminded of what Easter is truly about and why it's so important to us as believers and Christians. Um, without you resurrecting from the grave, there would be no need for a service tonight or any time. There would be no churches. There would be no um, reason to be happy about the hope of heaven. But because you rose, we're here tonight and we've been here and uh, we love you and thank you for paying for our sins and giving us eternal life and the hope of heaven. Help us now. As Help me as I communicate your word today uh, to be a help and to be a blessing. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And so, I am going to give you some props tonight to help me do this story. And in Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 to 3, we're looking at... Palm Sunday, which would be a week ago. And it says this, Matthew 21, verses 1 through 3, it says, And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem, and were come to Bethage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus to disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass tied and a colt. With her, loose them and bring them to me. If any man say aught unto you, you shall say, "The Lord hath need of them," and straightway he will send them. And, and straightway he will send them. And then if you jump down to verse six, and the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them and brought the ass and the colt and put them on, put on them their clo- clothes and they sent him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches. From trees and straw them in the way. So we see here Jesus was a man in demand. I mean he was healing people, he was teaching. The crowds wanted to hear what he had to say. They wanted to see what he was going to do, and he was it. I mean, he was uh there and they wanted to be with him and understand who he is and benefit from being around him. And here he is. And he, the mode of transportation back then primarily was walking. People walked from place to place. Jesus did a lot of walking. His disciples did a lot of walking. Very rarely did they have use of a donkey or of a horse or any of that. That was only reserved probably for the wealthy or royalty. But the mode of transportation was walking. And so, but Jesus here tells his disciples, hey, go get those donkey and go get the colt and bring them here. If anybody asks about why you're taking their donkey, just tell them the Lord has need of it. It's kind of neat, huh? You just go and take it. And the answer would be, well, the Lord has need of it. Okay, take it. And so they took it. And here Jesus is going into town and the great multitude spread their garments. They were just rolling out the red carpet for him. I mean, he was popular. He was there. And uh, man, let's throw our clothes in front of him and our palms in front of him. And let's cheer and Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Uh, God is with us and and they were excited about Jesus. And then I'll show the kids, I'll show the, pick up this egg here and then I'll show them this. And I have a little donkey here. You can't see it. You're a little bit far and they remember these. Oh yes. Okay. There's a little donkey here. Jesus rode into town in the donkey Palm Sunday. And so they'll take that and hear it and I'll, Grind something in their brain to remember. Hey, I know what Palm Sunday's about. Matthew chapter twenty-six. Let's search in Matthew chapter twenty-six. The Bible says this. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priest, and said unto them, What will you? What will ye give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they coveted with him for 30 pieces of silver. And from the time he ought, he sought an opportunity to betray him. So though Jesus was a man in demand, there was others who were conniving against him. They didn't like him. The religious leaders of the day, obvious reason, they were. He was saying things and doing things that were drawing people towards Jesus rather than them. And what they taught wasn't the same that Jesus taught. And uh that was not good for them. And though he was a man in demand, there was others who the religious leaders said, Uh-uh, let's do away with him. We have to figure out how could we do away with him. And of course they were thinking we're going to do away with him, but we don't want him to be a martyr either. But boy, were they wrong. Um, and so here we have one of G- Jesus' disciples, Judas Iscariot, who followed Jesus, but never was a believer. Um, was betraying him and working with the religious leader, leaders of that day, to get him and put him under arrest. And um, I have here just representing that some silver coins. And of course, uh, as soon as Judas did that, he would really understood that was the worst thing he did, and shortly after he ran away and hung himself and committed suicide because of the guilt and the shame that he had uh, betraying the Savior. And so then there was Sunday, Palm Sunday, Jesus rides into town, man in demand, popular. I want to hear I want to see, I want to be with him. The religious leaders were against him, uh, figuring out a way to destroy him. And then also there was the Passover supper, the Lord's supper. You've seen it. You've seen pictures of it. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 26, the Bible says this, And as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and blessed it. And break it. And gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body. Now his disciples weren't really sure what was about to happen. Jesus was preparing them, but they didn't quite get it. And his disciples were there and then Jesus was saying, take, eat it. This is my body. Verse 27, and he took the cup and he gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink, ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sin. So there's the body breaking. And there's the blood that he mentions that was going to be shed for remissions of sin. And so here we are, Jesus is trying to get across to them and they didn't quite get it. Hey, I'm about to shed a lot of blood. And um, my body is going to be pretty beaten. And here they are and not quite understanding. Verse 29 says, but I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. So here he is having this last supper or the, and so I, I, again, I just show the kids here. I have a, I actually have a bigger one that I show them, but it's a chalice. It's a little chalice uh, representing the last supper and um jesus shed his blood and i'm thankful that he shed his blood because through his shed blood we're going to have we we have remission of sins and so we see that there and then we find in um mark chapter 14 verse 32 says this And they came to a place which is called Gethsemane. So after the Lord's Supper here, they came to that garden of Gethsemane. And he saith to his disciples, sit ye here while I pray. And he taketh with him whom? Peter and James and John. And they began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. Verse 34. And he said unto them, My soul is exceedingly, exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. Jesus knew exactly what he was going to go through. And here he was, and he was, his heart was heavy about it. Um, I remind you that Jesus is a, is God, but he was man too. 100% man, 100% God. And he understood what he would have to go through. And I, I don't think we quite understand. We understand the physical stuff, but his father was going to have to turn from him because he was going to bear our sins on the cross. And I think that was the most concerning thing for him. And so here he was, heavy hearted, Stressed about the situation, um, exceedingly sorrowful unto death. Terry, here and watch. Let me jump to verse thirty-six of Mark chapter fourteen, and he said, "Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but that what." but what thou wilt. So Jesus is saying, I I understand here, is there any other way? But there wasn't no other way. But he says, I'm willing to do your will, God. Whatever your wilt is, I'm going to do it. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup for me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thou will. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Could it not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit is truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. Just disappointment in his disciples there who he asked to pray. It was a serious uh understanding that Jesus had of what he was about to go through. And he was looking for help. And yet they fell asleep. And again, we look at this disciples and they're much like us. And they didn't quite understand what was about to happen. But Jesus understand fully. Verse 39, and again, he went and prayed and spake the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy, neither wist they had to answer him. And he cometh a third time and saith unto them, sleep on now and take your rest. It is enough. The hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed. Unto the hands of sinners. Rise up. Let us go. He that betrayeth me. Is at hand. So here he is. In the garden. They come to arrest him. Uh, Jesus is praying with his disciples. And again. I just have here. And I show the youth here. um, Some praying hands. And so just reminding us. What Jesus prayed. And was praying in that garden. And so then Pilate therefore, uh, John chapter 19, verse one, Jesus is arrested. I won't get into all the story, but you understand what happened there. Um, John 19, verse one, then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, king of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again and said unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you that you may know that I find no fault in him. When Jesus was arrested, he went to court. You understand the story. There was nothing that he did wrong. But yet the religious leaders understood that, hey, we don't want him freed. We want him done away with. And they wanted him crucified. And even Pilate himself said, behold, he hasn't done anything wrong. Then came Jesus, verse 5. Then came Jesus forth wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate saith unto them, Behold the man. When the chief priests therefore and the officers saw him, they cried out saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Take ye him and crucify him. For I find no fault in him. And again, uh, this is, I'm, I apologize, it's kind of silly here, but it's not silly at all. I have a piece of leather here representing the scourging that Jesus went through and uh, you know the cruelty of it and how much damage it did to his physical body and uh, for nothing he did but yet he was dying for sin and i say and remind us that all these things that i'm talking about and you could look in prophet uh, look in the uh, the prophecy was being fulfilled during this crucifixion of what the messiah was going to go through when he came to save people from their sin hundreds of years It was prophesied. This is how it was going to happen. And you would think that the chief priest and all those who supposedly knew the prophecies would see this happen. And a matter of fact, some of them did see what was happening and hopefully understood. Hey, prophecy is being fulfilled to the T. Things are happening exactly the way God said they would happen. And again, I remind you, it was God's plan. It was God's plan. This was what's supposed to happen. It was God's plan. Jesus is the Messiah. And again, we're reminded of his crucifixion. Jesus was mocked. Matthew chapter 27, um, verse 27. And the soldiers and the governors took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him with the whole band of soldiers and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe, put him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and the reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him saying, hail king of the Jews. And they spit on him. Upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. And after they had mocked him, they took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to be crucified. At this time, Jesus is bleeding. Jesus is is been beaten. He's been punched. He's been hit with the rod. He has a crown of thorns. And again, I just have representative here. It's a, uh, it's, it's kind of small here for you to see, but it's a crown of thorns and it reminds us of, uh, what they did to Jesus and, um, in putting that crown and mocking him as he was uh, saying that he was the King of the Jews. And if you're a King, let's put this crown on you and I'll remind the kids like I did today. How many of you ever got a hit head injury? And you understand how much blood comes out when you have a a, a cut in your head. And there's a lot of bloodshed and it was a lot of pain and a lot of agony that Jesus went through. And he was dying for sin. But he never sinned. He never sinned. But yet he was dying for sin. So who does that tell us? He was dying for the sins of men for the remission of sin. John chapter 19, verse 16, Then they delivered him therefore unto them to be crucified, and they took Jesus and led him away. And after all that, he, and he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the Place of the Skull which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others with him on either side, one and Jesus in the midst. And I have here uh, a nail, and this is a lot smaller than the nail that they use, but it's a nail, and it just reminds us when Jesus was nailed to the cross and his feet and his hands were nailed for us. He was paying a penalty that I owed and what we owed for sin. And Pilate wrote on the title and put it on the cross and the writing was Jesus Of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. This title then read by many of the Jews, for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city, and it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Then said the chief priest of the Jews to Pilate, Write not the King of the Jews, but he said, "I I am the King of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier apart, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout And they said, therefore, among themselves, let us not rent it, but cast lots for it. Whose it shall be and the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith they parted my raiment among them for my vesture. They did cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. Now there stood by the cross, Jesus, his mother. And his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus therefore saw his mother and his disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, woman, behold thy son. And he saith unto the disciples, woman, behold my mother. Or I'm sorry, and his disciples, behold, Thy mother, and from that hour, the disciples took her unto his own home. Um, again, I just have here talking about it's just a it's a die how the soldiers gambled for his uh, garment. Obviously, it had some worth, and they wanted it. And again, prophecy being fulfilled to the exact. T of the way it should have been. And so, again, recognizing the Messiah. And um, John chapter 19, verse 31. Jesus, or I should say, the Jews therefore put it, the Jews therefore, because it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that the Sabbath day was nigh, was on a high day, besought Pilate at their legs might be broken, and that they might be taken away, and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and broke the legs of the first. Remember, there was three dying on the cross that day. They broke the legs of the first. And of the other which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw he was dead already, they broke not his legs. But one of the soldiers with the spear pierced his side and forth came, came there out blood and water. And he saw it bear record and this record is true and he knoweth that he saith true that he might believe for these things were done that the scriptures should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. And again, another scripture saith, they shall look at him whom they pierced. Again, we see Jesus prophecy being fulfilled. There was never a broken bone in Jesus' body they were about to break his legs. But when they checked to see if he was alive, he was already dead. And they did that by putting the spear and water and blood. If he was pumping, his heart was pumping, there would be blood pumping out. And and so again, I, I, I have a, uh, just represents a spear. <laughs> and I have a little spear here. And so the, I tell you, I had a guy that, it's about 10 years ago, he says, I'll never forget that message. <laughs> I'll never forget that Easter message. And, um, Jesus' burial. When the evening was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself, was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in clean linen cloth and laid it in his, his own new tomb, which he hewed out of the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. And there was Mary and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. And so again, uh, we're reminded, Jesus was wrapped, the former burial of those days, he was wrapped in cloth and I have some linen here. And he was wrapped, put into the borrowed grave. It's fitting that it was borrowed because he wouldn't be using it very long. He would be out on the third day. Again, we see here the body was taken off the cross. He was wrapped in linen, put in the grave, put in the tomb. They put a stone. And I show the youth here the stone. It's a stone, much bigger than this. It's about the size of a full-size vehicle and put that stone in front of that grave. And you know the story. Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. And at the end of the Sabbath, it began to draw toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and it came and rolled back the stone from the door and the angel sat upon it. I added the angel and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning. His raiment was white as snow. And for fear of him, the keeper did shake and became as dead men. So their stone was rolled away the soldiers that were guarding the tomb. It was rumored that he would rise from the grave and they didn't want somebody to come and steal the grave and say that he rose, so they made that tomb secure. But an angel came, an earthquake came. The stone was rolled away. The angel sat upon the stone. The soldiers were asleep. They passed out. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, there's Mary, and Mary's, all the Mary's coming (laughs) to the grave. And the angel answered and said unto them, Fear ye not, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell the disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth therefore before you into Galilee. Jesus already had left. He was going to town. And there shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell Jesus uh, and as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met with them. Jesus came up to them saying, all hail. And they came and, and held him by his feet. And worshiped him like they should. Verse 10 of 28, Matthew 20. Then Jesus said unto him, be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there shall they see me. I have this last egg here. It says, what do you think in this last egg? And I open it up. It's empty. He's risen. He's not there. He's not in the grave. He's standing at the right, or he's he's on the right hand of God. And he's making intercession for those who put their faith in him. For those who put their trust in him. He is risen. Thank God he's risen. We have forgiveness of sin. Let me just show you this real quick. I love this too. I use this quite often. I'm going to stand up here. I don't know if that's going to ruin anything, but this represents us. This represents God. The Bible says, for all have sinned. All have sinned. Not just because you're in prison tonight, talking to the prison crowd, but we're all sinners. This preacher's a sinner. The Bible says that there's a wage for sin that says for the wages of sin is death. It's a spiritual death. Yeah, sin could lead to a physical death, but it's a spiritual death that we're talking about, which is hell. Not good. The lake of fire. Because of our sin, we come short. God's perfect. God's holy. I'm not. And I come short. I can't make it. But God had a plan. The plan was Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ. And by the way. And by the way, we can't save ourselves. Lots of people today believe, well, if my good outweighs my bad, maybe I'll get to heaven. That's what a lot of religion teaches too. Remember the religious leaders? They didn't like Jesus's message because it was contrary to their message. It's still the same today. And I I want us to understand that, hey, we can't get to heaven on our own. It's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but it's according to his mercy. It's Jesus that saves us. Do you remember Jesus said, let me show you this here. Jesus said to us, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no man cometh to the Father but by Jesus Christ. Friday, Jesus died or Jesus was put on the cross and he was paying for sin. Not his sin, but my sin. You know the verse for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I have children. I love my children. And I love them to death and I'm not giving them up for anybody, but Jesus gave his son for us. What love is that? Jesus loved us. God loved us and he was willing to give his son for us and go through all that physical pain and God was going to turn from him because of the sin that he carried on him for us. The Easter story. Resurrection. took the body off the cross. They buried it, put it in the tomb, put soldiers to guard that tomb, protect that tomb. Nobody's going to steal that body and say he rose. We're going to make sure of that. But nothing's going to destroy God's plan. God had a plan. God loved us. And that plan was Jesus was going to rise. Hey, there's a lot of people who've claimed to be God. You could talk about Buddha. You could talk about Muhammad. You could talk about all kinds of different people who claim to be God. But we you know what? They died. They were buried. And we could go find that their bones. Not Jesus. Not Jesus. The angel came. Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen from the dead. That's why we're here today. That's why I go to the prisons. That's why we support missions. That's why we want to tell people about Jesus Christ. He's risen. He said what he was going to do and he did it. We could trust him. He's a living God. He loves us. He loves you. And he rose again for us. So the question is, what are we going to do with Jesus? God gave us a free will. It's by way of the cross. That's the only one, that's the only way to be saved by way of the cross. It's not your works. It's not baptism. It's not church membership. It's not tithing. It's not being a good person. It's Jesus that saves us. It's by way of the cross. You don't earn it. We don't deserve it. Uh, If you think you deserve it, you don't deserve it. It's only Jesus that saves us. What are you going to do? It's by way of the cross. So the question is, have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Are you saved? Do you have payment for your sin? There's two sides to this. One is a fire, which represents hell. The other one's heaven, represents heaven. And there's two hands here. One of them, if you look closely, has some nail scars on it. The other one might represent us. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus and him alone? Have you made him your savior? It's a personal thing between you and him. You putting your faith in him and what he did on the cross and that he rose from the grave will save you and take you to heaven. Versus you having to pay for your own sin. It's only by way of the cross. For whosoever, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not might be saved. Not if you go to church, you'd be saved. Not if you get baptized or we're, all those things are wonderful and you ought to do them, but they don't save you. It's Jesus and the cross and his resurrection that saves us. The Easter story, Jesus rising from the grave. What a wonderful story. What a wonderful season. I'm so thankful that Jesus rose from the grave. I'm sure you are too. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the opportunity again to share this wonderful news that Jesus is risen. We serve a risen Savior and he's alive. And I'm thankful for that. If there's somebody here that doesn't know you in a personal way. I try, I pray and trust and, 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 and ask that they would trust you and accept you and make you their personal savior simply by receiving the gift, the gift of salvation. You can't pay for it. You don't deserve it. It's just a gift. But what you have to do is believe and accept and receive Jesus as your Savior. Without that, you're not saved. By chance, is there anybody here tonight that might say, Brother Rick, I'm not sure if I'm saved, but I sure would like to get that settled. I want to trust Jesus Christ, this personal Savior. Is there anybody here like that? Would you just let me know by raising a hand? I won't call you out. I just want to know so I could pray for you. Maybe you're a Christian here today and you know Christ but maybe we could be reminded, okay, I'm a child of God. I have forgiveness of sin, but we might be reminded of how important that is that God saves us for a purpose. Are we in God's will? Are we doing what he wants? Are we living for him? Are there some things in our life that we need to get in order so that we could get in God's plan? He's done so much for us. The least that I could do is live for him. Maybe we could be reminded of that tonight. Again, Lord, I'm thankful again for who you are and what you've done. We ask this and we pray this and we're reminded again of how blessed we are. And again, we pray this and we ask this in Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you and thank you.